0: Let's go. G'day, welcome back to Two Red Chairs. This is episode 26 and I am your host, Frank, as always. And today, I have a fellow branding designer, strategist, all the way from Belgium. His name is Steph hammerlink You might know him. Uh, On Instagram, especially as Let's Talk Branding, or you might have even heard his podcast by the same name of Let's Talk Branding. And Steph is a, a branding designer as well as a strategist. He used to work as part of an agency with his brother over in Belgium and has recently started up his own branding strategy business. So I got Steph on to chat about that journey of becoming a strategist and then running that agency with his brother and then now moving back into branding because he was missing that creative side of that branding process of not just doing the strategic brand building but also seeing it come to fruition and you know, still using that this creative, you know, bones in him to create, you know, that visual side of things, the crafting some messaging as well, and obviously doing the strategic side of things, and how that process now has kind of become rather than, you know, the way that I do it myself, is doing strategy, messaging, visuals, he now likes to work through all of that process, um, all kind of simultaneously, which is a very interesting way of doing it, and it's something that I've been thinking about myself. And it all comes down to many of us as, as branding designers having that process and not seeing what the end payoff will really be for a a client of ours to really take and run with. A lot of the time we make these beautiful brand guidelines documents and they're not really appropriate for real, for real world, especially for clients that don't have a whole creative team that can interpret that and then make of it what they will. So it's interesting that we both are in that same was kind of playing field and I'm sure a lot of you listening might be the same um, and I'm not going to go into it any much further than that because I want Steph to to take through you through his story and then we have a bit of a chat about how all this has played out for the both of us um, so I hope you enjoy the conversation and I'll be back at the end as always to give you some details to find Steph and uh, we'll go from there so here's that chat with Steph Hammerlink. Steph, mate, welcome to Two Red Chairs. You're sitting in the proverbial red chair here alongside me in uh, quite a figuratively way. Um, Welcome to the show. Can you introduce yourself, where you're from, and a bit about uh, what it is you do now as a creative and how long you've been doing that?
1: Awesome, first off, Thank you for having me in your awesome red chair. It's quite comfy, more comfy than my usual, <laughs> my usual chair, which is awesome. Uh, definitely not awesome. Uh, so about me. Um, so I'm Steph. I'm from Belgium. Um, I focus mainly on branding and brand strategy. Uh, I run my own little studio, uh, but that's only since a couple of months. So but we'll get into that. And besides that, um, I have a podcast called Let's Talk Branding where I also do some uh, YouTube and like, I try to create content on a little, uh, some different platforms, some courses and stuff. And um, yeah, I think
0: that's basically it. Nice one. So the story you're gonna share here, Steph, is maybe a tale as old as time, or (laughs) in the last two years at least for a lot of designers, that have become branding specialists and then found this whole new thing of brand strategy mm-hmm. and how that's differentiated yourself in your market to be adding a bit more value uh, potentially depending on how you see brand strategy. So let's let's go back to where it kind of started there for you from starting as a branding person and then finding strategy and you can tell me you know where you're at now and how you kind of got to that point because I think it's an interesting story that possibly a lot of people might be going into at the moment Mm -hmm. sure so yeah it's it's kind of i
1: like to quote um lord of the rings it's a story of there and back again (laughs) because uh i went very much out there in terms of strategy and now i'm back again into branding but I'll, i'll explain that later how it how that transition started out was just i was a young designer like most people were we graduated from from art school And basically I started a little studio with my brother and we did everything uh, for everyone. Uh, So I was like all over the place. I did motion design, illustration design, 3D design, UX design, whatever. I mean, I was just like, I I like to be creative. So I tried all of these things but I wasn't really good at any of those. (laughs) I just dabbled in everything. And we basically attracted a lot of completely like, different types of clients from, from like, we, we did assignments for Coca-Cola, but then we did something for the local bakery store. Like, it was really yeah r- quite random what we did, and, and in terms of process, but also in terms of deliverables, in terms of prices, it was really, like, it's just a mess. But, okay, we were young, we were happy that we got clients and that we were having this fun, so it wasn't that it, that was a problem. But, of course, after a while, you start getting a little bit frustrated with some of the things that are happening, like the outcomes of projects, clients not being happy, budgets not being on point, all of these things started to happen and I did start to feel frustrated. So I I was starting to dig into the project a little bit deeper and I started doing these things I called story sessions back in the day I had no idea i was doing brand strategy or anything like that it was just an idea like okay we need to get the story behind this project behind this company and so i asked some questions did some post-its and stuff so that immediately had like a big impact just in terms of how clients perceived me how the project went the amount of trust that was there between me and my clients was a lot better so i definitely felt a shift just in in doing that that small step of having a little bit more time before the briefing and getting to know your client, so that was a really big step and then i really started evolving that into not only just doing that workshop but really writing the story after that so really writing the brand story and that got me into brand strategy unknowingly Uh, when i got this book it's called Branding in Five and a Half Steps. Um, really interesting book. And I learned that what I was doing actually was, was brand strategy in a way. And these questions, the six questions that are in that book were pretty much the ones I was asking already. So I was on track to doing something uh, good, I guess, in terms of branding. And so we grew that and we grew that. And eventually we realized that we needed to also uh, rebrand our studio and rethink all our offerings based on that idea of strategy and so big rebrand happened um, changed the name changed the way we work changed the pricing changed everything and so to let's say for fast forward maybe a year or two after that transition really set in budgets were a lot bigger like we went from i think 5k ish budgets to let's say 30 40k ish budgets we went from doing like on and off projects like here's a flyer here's a website here's here's something to doing always full rebrands brand experiences we call them and so not just single items but always the whole thing we went from uh, small discovery uh sessions to really expanded um brand strategy phases where i did a lot of research read really deep and we also went from a different type of clientele, of course, which was more focused um, on, let's say, hospitality and uh, B2B as well. Like, it was still a varied portfolio, but a little bit more focused than before because of the, the work we were putting out there. And so, yeah, that, that's been that big shift towards uh, brand strategy. Um, and then there's like another thing that happened. I think I did that for a couple of years where I kept going deeper and deeper into brand strategy. And I started learning more and more about business, about marketing, about uh, neuroscience, all of these things that, that you can start learning once you get into brand strategy because it opens up so a new world. But finally, um, I think about a year ago, I started realizing that I did miss something being like a brand strategist all of the time. Like I, I, I'd say 80% of my time I was spending doing research, having conversations, creating surveys, doing workshops, all that stuff. I started missing the creative part, the branding part, which was, I think, where I always like originally started out for, which gave me like the big rush. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. was something I really missed. And so eventually um, I said to my brother who was running uh, the the agency at the time, like, I want to do my own thing. And so that's where I started uh, creating my own little studio and so Last month, I finally decided to do my own thing and go fully solo. So I had a year where I did this as a side gig. But these were different projects, smaller projects, more branding focused, yeah. still did some brand strategy, but in a like much more lean, may much more just discovery way. And so finally, now I'm at this point where I have my own studio. I do branding and strategy for FMCG brands most of the time. And it's been really fun because it's more of this hybrid model of what I want to do and what I love, which is first really trying to understand something, the context of a brand, and then also developing and being involved in the execution, even being involved in in the communications and some of the marketing parts is what I really Mm -hmm. love. Because I did see after a while that even though I had these amazing decks and insights and research that it a lot of times just fell flat on its belly because the execution because maybe the the one designing after me didn't get the same ideas as i had and and that's because i maybe didn't bring it over as well but in any case it happened a lot where i felt like okay this was this all really worth it all this extended strategy and then seeing the execution did not work out the way it should and so i'm Mm -hmm. really happy today that i have like these both uh, elements in my tool bag let's call it and that i can do branding for smaller brands but with this strategy mindset in the back of my my head that's
0: yeah, the yeah. story <laughs> nice one um it's interesting that having done that much kind of in depth strategy that it doesn't sort of carry through so in that agency with your brother was there no kind of uh, follow through in terms of the creative to build that visual side of things and then the marketing that was just purely the strat- strategic side of things?
1: No, no, no. We did, we had uh, brand designers, um, I, one okay. brand designer coming in and then we had co- copywriting and we did a lot of like conversations together to make sure that, yep. that it was translated but still like it's it's not always the same that you have control over these things
0: happening. Is that a problem that because the- it wasn't you doing it yourself? So the the the, the visage, sorry, the image you have in your head wasn't it always what the designer and the team would come up with?
1: Exactly, and and there's also yep. it's not only like I think a lot of times the team did get it, like what I was trying to aim for. But there's one, there's this gap between, uh, it's what Michael Johnson in his book also calls the gap between strategy and, and like execution. It's this moment where, okay, we have this positioning statement, this brand essence, but you can still fill that in a in hundred ways, right? So it's not that that it's that clear. And I, I, I even believe that brand strategy shouldn't always be that narrowed down, especially if it's like a separate branch and you're a brand strategist and you still want to mm-hmm. open it, but where it, also happened a lot was where clients didn't really pick up on the strategy long term so they had this beautiful deck sitting uh, somewhere in a google drive and they all loved it but it didn't really happen that they always used it that well so that's something
0: i think happened a lot yeah i'm finding that actually um, with a client that i've been working with for over a year now and and we did their kind of realigned their their brand to have that certain persona in mind of who they're working with to really create something that was for a particular type of client and so there was messaging there was positioning there was you know all those kind of core values the, the really standard stuff that builds a brand identity and it's hard like I'm finding it a challenge of how a client would use it in real like the real world like where they're going to use all this kind of language that they Mm -hmm. have is it just for an internal kind of uh, dogma that they might have just to kind of pump each other up and keep make sure that they're on track or is it something that they can actually utilize um especially with messaging and writing copy that can be used in so many different ways like you could have it on a flyer but it might fall flat on a website Mm -hmm. like Um, you might have a tagline but it might not fit a certain context that they use it with so it's like how else can you adjust that strategy or that core identity into something and that's the real challenge is how do you execute on the stuff that you've written that sounds and and fits perfectly with who you're trying to target but then have that be executed in the real world kind of thing and be consistently consistently done to the point where like this this company was like can you be our design director I'm like I would love to but I'm in a different country that's going to be real hard to make some executive decisions there um so
1: yeah I feel that and and I yeah. think that's sometimes maybe that's that's something of a problem when we get into this field of brand strategy and we read all of this these cool books about yeah you need to find the human truths and then you need to create this unique differentiated essence and that essence needs to be really like aspirational and very high up sometimes for a lot of like smaller brands they don't always have the power to work on this level of like awareness and and it because a lot of these things are created almost as briefs for big advertising and TV because they come off that out of that old world and they are really good thinking exercises. But they're not always handy to use and that's where I kind of like I I took a step down again from like my mighty high throne of like we need something very powerful that's universal and it's a brand (laughs) essence and it can't, it's not like we're creating shoes, vegan shoes for women, it's like what, why are we, you know, the whole But at a certain point, people want to see, especially for smaller brands, like, okay, so these are vegan shoes, and they do X and Y, and and that's why I need to buy them. It needs to be really practical. And so I kind of let loose of that idea. And the moment that happened... I think was a lot better for me and for my clients as well to realize that it needs to be practical. It needs to be executed. They need to be able to work with it. Otherwise, you're just creating beautiful stuff. And that really works for like, I've done some strategy work for big corporations where you need like, maybe five managers and a whole team involved that needs to approve on it needs to believe in it they need the internal logic they need the internal like narrative that's where that really works because they can go back and they can brief different teams and they can do different stuff with it that's really good yeah. but again that's a different context and as you said like context is almost everything in
0: this field yeah that interpretation works on that level because people can like people then have the creativity to do it and they are creative all the time that 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 do end up pushing it whereas you work with a small business and it's pretty much the owner and maybe you know some marketing manager that they might have and it's not (laughs) they're scratching (laughs) their head like verbatim (laughs) yeah exactly they want something that's turnkey and to be a bit more practical and in the language that it's it's useful rather than yeah, being all that fluff, like you can make a really amazing story and you know some really aspirational kind of language and the, the messaging. And it, it can, I mean, depending on the business, but if it's a, it's a if it's a very logical, practical kind of business to begin with, and it's not something that you know clients are, or customers are really going to go falling in love with that type of brand. Like if it was something like you know um, you'd put on a, in a toilet to clean it, like you're not really going to fall in love with a product like that. It's it just needs to be practical to the point and just kind of stand out a bit yeah Um, we
1: need I think we need to just be realistic about that and I think sometimes we forget what we buy ourselves and and I realized that as well as after a couple of years first my idea was like I need to make this type of brand from any brand I saw because I saw it in the books I read and it was also cool and differentiated and purposeful and then I started looking at like but what do you as a person that really looks at brands like even buy in your toilet and what's in your fridge and the reality is that a lot of times you buy stuff that you need at that point and it's there and it it looks the way it does and it's not even nicely designed but you still buy it for a reason and maybe you wouldn't even buy it if it was like this very cool hip brand because maybe that's not what you're looking for at that point so I realized I didn't have to like jam everything into this beautiful little niche world of epic brands. We, we love to see and talk about.
0: Definitely. So from having now strategy in your branding repertoire here, because at the end of the day, you, you're bringing it back to branding now mm-hmm. and you, you've come back to, I'm not going to say back to the light kind of thing, like back to the real world or whatever from the light of strategy. But how, like, do you find that that strategic process to begin with has now just made the final creative output so much easier to produce?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of things where it really made a difference just in terms of the trust clients have in me, maybe because I I think I've built up that reputation over the years of being somebody that thinks strategic. So the people that do come to me, they already know they're not going to get just like uh, somebody that's going to design something they ask for. Uh, so that's one part where I feel the difference just in in the way I've built that reputation and they come to me and they trust me in terms of execution but also strategy choices. and then of course, there's the simple stuff like not having to create uh, five logo variations or whatever I just I go from yeah. a workshop to a little bit of a definition round, and I then present them the identity uh, I think is best for them. And that has worked in 99% of all cases. So that's def- And then there's, of course, money wise. There's it's not the same pay as I did agency level because I have different type mm-hmm. of clients, but I do attract clients that let's say Maybe they're a startup, but they've already been 20 years in the industry and they want to do this seriously. That's when they come to me. So that's a big difference with a, strat- a startup like 10 years ago when they just wanted somebody. And so the budgets are, are, are also very nice. I mean, I think I can charge somewhere between five and 15,000 for a little brand identity project with yeah. a little discovery, which is for me as a solo, very interesting to do. And I think at the end of the day, if you look at profit and margins, it's actually maybe even a little bit better than, than the agency world. So that's that's been also yeah. a, quite an epiphany for me. Like you don't have to make 100,000 on a brand strategy project to make more for yourself. Uh, that's also something yeah. very important.
0: Exactly. And I'd say, yeah, the one thing is, is the more efficient you become that system to, to create that identity for somebody, the easier and, and more profitable that becomes for you at the same respect. I, I've found that it, I've, every, I mean, this is the thing, like for every client that I have, mm-hmm that process just gets narrowed down, mm-hmm. narrowed down each time. Yeah, there's and there's these the, the, the templates you
1: have almost, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I use Notion, for example, but it can be anything for that matter. But sometimes it's like competitive analysis. I was doing that over and over again because it's something I always do. Mm-hmm. And so at a certain point you have like this, okay, you start a project, you get into competitive analysis, you have this nice little template, you click it open, it starts working. So there's a lot of things, that you can start to make more efficient. Although the one thing I do see is the more I like get comfortable with strategy and branding, like mixing it together, it does become more hybrid. So it's not that I always have this strict point where we're gonna do X and then Y and then C and then we're gonna do branding. Lately, I've been getting a little bit more Mm -hmm. into like Even sometimes if if a client has a question about, let's say, okay, this identity is, maybe should it work or not? Maybe I get into like Illustrator during a workshop and I try out some things and I show them like along the way. So I use design and strategy as well. And that's been super powerful. Like I did a workshop just two weeks ago where we talked about brand architecture and it was like this abstract discussion mm-hmm. between two people. And they they both had a point, but we couldn't get to an agreement on what the best way forward was. And I just opened up Illustrator. I created like a mock logo and then like the brand names and then another one where it was like the brand name by the brand name, like different type of brand architectures, basically. And I just yep. showed them like right straight away. And I think that's so powerful as a tool we have as designers. We're really quick to understand what something needs to look like and what that translates to for people looking. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, now we see. Like, And, and, and I think yeah. that's something we need to be able to do. You need to let go of that idea that strategy is something that happens somewhere before design. It's really more about being yeah. strategic as a designer than it is about that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I've, I've seen a few ads and posts pop up for some creatives that have created kind of, I guess, discovery tools that you can use to have in that process of, of um, chatting with your client to begin with, be it like color cards or, you know, fonts on a piece of, you know, uh, basically like a deck of cards and it has all these different prompts to really talk about that visual aspect while, you know, does it fit with this kind of tone of voice that we have or this kind of feeling we want to invoke. And it's something that I just really am interested to know how, well that does play out in that kind of respect so that way you're really framing it with that client that first instance rather than the way I'm approaching it at the moment is like a systemized kind of thing is like we can't have one before the other mm-hmm. and once we sort of sign off here it influences the next decision and the next decision so I'm more of the mind to just try different things each time depending on the kind of client so it's funny you say that, that that's what I've been thinking about for you know maybe the next client that comes along and, and see if that you know it can be a uh
1: yeah a more beneficial process it's, it's like the, the best example i can give there is like we talk uh, for example brand naming is a very important part of it and and like for brand naming the tricky part is this idea again of clients saying i know i'll know it when i see it and we we as yeah. designers we kind of like we get annoyed by that sentence but actually like if you think about it it's not that a, it's not a dumb, dumb concept i'll know it when i see it because it's true you'll know it when you mm. see it and okay, yeah. there's some some things about like, it's subjective and stuff like that. But in reality, like a brand name set in a certain typeface or made as a certain logo can have a completely different vibe than put in a different typography, different color. So I'll know it when I see it. it's kind of true. So that's where, for example, with brand naming, Sometimes, when I'm talking about when I'm doing a workshop, I just open up like uh, Illustrator again. I set this name in like a transitional, like Patagonia style typeface, and we get a different discussion than when it's in a like Mm. uppercase, gotten bold, uh, spaced out. And and I talk about them like this means it's gonna be more premium. This means it's gonna be a little bit more of that like authentic or outdoorsy vibe. Mm -hmm. And so, you can start having these discussions while using design. And that's actually, I think, something really powerful, but it, it it requires you to let go a little bit of the process, which is scary yeah. once you first adopted it and you're just getting into it. And that's probably, probably, like, right now I'm more comfortable with it because I've been doing, like, these extensive... Like, I went to Mordor. Let's go into Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> I went to Mordor. <laughs> I saw the eye of, of uh, I don't know, right, Sauron. Sauron. And Sauron, and now yeah. I'm back in the Shire, but I, I know these people are out there or these demons are out there so it's it's a lot more like it's different i'm a different frodo yep. <laughs> yeah oh Love my god it. that's I'm such a geek
0: <laughs> hey man i'm the Star Wars geek here. yeah um but yeah that, that that's really just I, I, mean, I i'm just flashing back to naming um uh, a business that i did last year of base this personal trainer you know jim and i presented that to them just on a whiteboard, like just the name written out on a whiteboard, I was like what do you think of these two? I think like this is why, this is why. But if I did present it in something that was stylized, that would have been now, in hindsight, such a better way of, of doing it. And that's probably it. Is it, it's exactly the same as presenting, you know, a, a logo. We don't just do a logo by itself. We want to put it in context yeah. so that way. It shows, you know, a bit of an envisagement on that client's behalf to really, as you say, know it when they see it type of thing. It requires so, to, uh, to again, to let go. And that's a
1: bit of like, a, a st- I think, an issue we have as designers. Like even before this whole brand strategy ID, I think we kind of want, always want like this process where we get, I don't know, if it's a mood board or personality and we get into a design. Again, because we want to avoid that idea of I'll know it when I see it. Yeah. Somehow, I think if you can let go of like, maybe it's, I don't know if it's all about ego. I think it's more about being careful and being afraid of projects going wrong. But sometimes there's also ego involved. But if you can let go of like your design and your process, sometimes it's going to help you to, to just say, okay, well, let's just design some stuff. Because usually I was thinking like, I'm not going to do that because the moment I put something onto paper, we're going to have discussions and we're going to get into it and they're not going to let go of that. But I mean, the more you do that, the more your client's gonna see that like you're not dedicated to something specifically and you can get more comfortable in it. But it's it's again, it's maybe not something I'd recommend
0: for like somebody just starting out. It's good to learn a process yeah. first. Yeah, and then break it's kinda of like you're learning typography yeah. and, and then you can learn how to break it from there. Exactly. Yeah, nice one. Well, Steph, thank you very much for sharing that. I think there's going to be a lot of people in that similar kind of boat where they learn strategy and then they go, hey, but I but I like the creative side <laughs> still. I, I want to go back to that and, and have that as a hybrid. That's how I felt um, very much so, exactly the same way. I didn't lean too heavily into strategy, but I kind of use it as a. I I mean, I see it as a lightweight version just because I know how far strategic you know, branding can go um, or brand building, should I say, rather than branding, but um it's very interesting to see that and hear that different perspective from someone else so thank you very much for sharing that uh, dude and thanks for coming on the show you're welcome
1: thanks for having me and thanks for letting me talk about lord of the rings one more time i want to go watch it now
0: (laughs) yes let's do it awesome (laughs) all right Frank here, and uh that was my chat with steph hameling i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got something out of that You know, for us branding designers, we always like to talk, you know, shop and how we see the world of branding and how it can be applied. And it's something that Steph and myself and uh, Ilya Lobanov and Rob um, from How Brands Are Built, um, we're doing these debates at the moment about branding. Um, So it's always interesting to have Steph in a conversation. And I hope you took something out of that, especially if you're at a similar point in your career as a branding designer in um, integrating strategy into your workflow um, and please let either myself or Steph know um, how you felt about the episode if you had any feedback or anything you wanted to ask us please get in touch with us at at g'day design life or at g'day frank for me or for Steph you can find him at let's talk branding all one word no apostrophes or anything like that for let's um, and you can find Steph there and get in touch with him, and even follow along with his podcast, which is also the same name, Let's Talk Branding. That's not one word, that's all several words. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I will see you for the next episode of Two Red Chairs. But what I will say just quickly before I go, if you're liking this podcast, you're really enjoying these episodes and these stories, and you want to share your own story, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram, or you can find a Calendly link, via the Instagram bio link at at design life. Um, And we can get you on the show, share your story. We can have a chat and then go from there. But if you're on Apple podcasts, please leave a review. Much appreciated. And until next time, I will see you in the next one. Bye.